Hi, welcome to our Hot Rod Bible Study. So tonight we're going to be in 1 John chapter 2, verses 7 through 11 tonight. And so what, what, uh, what usually happens, I'll usually go through the, through the uh, verses here, the five verses, and then we'll go back and we'll see uh, what the Lord has for us. Um, but before we get started tonight, let's pray and ask the Lord to bless our time together. So Father God, once again, Lord, we come to you, Lord. Um, and Lord, we come seeking you tonight, Lord. Lord, um, as we gather here tonight, Lord, in this place, Father, we thank you, Lord, for providing a place that we may open up your word, Father. And Lord, um, may we not come here, Father, um, out of any kind of obligation or anything that we just do on Tuesday nights, Father. May we come, Father, seeking you, Lord knowing that you are the one who changes lives, Father. So, Lord, we, we ask that you would um, speak into our hearts, Father, that we may go out and shine your light with the world that needs it. We ask all of these things tonight, Father, and we ask them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, here we go. We're going to start off in verse 7, and it says, Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. And so we see as we've been studying through 1 John, as, as we've been studying through 1 John, one of the things that I think that is so amazing about 1 John, and I think that as we started off early on, we've been seeing that the, the message that John has been conveying to us through God is God has been using John and one of the things is to shine his light in areas of our lives that we go through and I think many of us we think that uh, the times for us to shine God's light many times I think that as I was young and before I came to know Christ I would say well that would be when the the priest would come to my mom and dad's house and knock on the door and, and that would be the time that I would shine light because that would be the time that I would want to be an example and show him that I, I knew some things about God but the reality is that when the, the priest would come and knock on the door and whatever, he was having a visitation. But this I knew that I always knew if you didn't know this, if you didn't know this and you grew up in a different church, I always knew when the priest was coming to our house because this was a time that the huge, this huge Bible would come out on the coffee table. <laughs> this huge Bible. And, and it was so interesting about it. It would be laid open there on the coffee table like it had been there all the time. And this would be the time that I would say, oh, the priest must be wanting to stop by or he might be you know, saying that he's going to come. And this would be the time. But it was so interesting about that as I was a, a child growing up that oftentimes when the, they would put the, the Bible out on the front coffee table that we would we were so close to the word of God. Um, but there was many times in my life where my parents didn't, didn't tell us that we couldn't read the Bible. But there was many times that we would thumb through it, but we would just be looking at the pictures. We, wouldn't, we, we were that close to God's word but we would never actually read some of the things that are in there. And it, and it really spoke to me because many of us, there's so many people that we interact with, that we go to the workplace with, that we go to, and we know in our family, people that we have, you know, the interactions with, people that we love, they were hot rod guys. And, and we could talk to them just about anything, 
but we can't talk to them about the Word of God. And this is one of the things that really spoke to me because the Word of God is one that it is the living Word of God. It brings life and it is eternal life. But as we've been studying through First uh, uh, John last week, we saw as in, in, in verses 1 through 6 as we opened up chapter 2, one of the things that we saw is that we saw that, that Jesus is our advocate. And this is so powerful that we see this, that this advocate that they refer to, that he is our defense attorney. That he is the one that is going before Christ as Satan, as he accuses us, right? As Romans, right? As Romans 12.10 says that, that Satan is the accuser of the brethren and he accuses us day and night. But we see our defense attorney, our advocate, Jesus Christ. He is the one that says that person, whoever it be, female, male, that is my son and they are covered by my blood. And we see as it gets there and as they prosecutor satan as he tries to convict us of these things that we see that our advocate and god be comes before him and he said yes he is one of my my children covered in my blood and by this we see that god our heavenly father says case dismissed we see that we are set free by the things that Jesus Christ had done on the cross. And we learned last week also in verse 2, we saw that he was a propitiation, a very long word that really simply meant that he took, he took my place. He took your place. When he went to the cross, he took our place. That The sins that we were to pay or the penalty that we were to pay, he took it upon the cross and took it upon him himself. And so it's just so powerful that we see that. And it, we all remember in one of the seven utterances of Jesus Christ, right? It was tetalistai. It is finished, right? Paid in full. And they were familiar with this. This was what they would stamp on their uh, job. If somebody came and they worked for you and they had a debt that they owed you, that that's what they would stamp on it. They would stamp on it tetalistai. Paid in full. And this is what our sins have been paid in full when Jesus surrendered his life upon our behalf. And it's just so beautiful that we see. But as John has been speaking to us to go into areas and shine God's lights in areas, it's so powerful. Tonight, gentlemen, you're going to love the study tonight because tonight we see that John goes into areas speaking about God in an area that is all God. It is, he is speaking tonight about love. Love. And it is one of the things that we're going to get into tonight. But before we get into the study tonight, I wanted to share a story with you. And I think this is just this story alone is worth the price of admission that you came in. And we all know that we didn't cost anything for us to get here. But this is so interesting to me that there was a pastor and he said that he was having. And I know many of us, we think that pastors, they don't have any kind of problems, right? Pastors, they're men of God, right? And they don't have any problems. But we understand that as pastors, men of God, they're just no different than any of us. They, if anything, they have more problems because not only do they have their own problems in their family and in their marriages and things that are going on, they have things, the problems of the congregation, the problems of the things going on in the church. But this one pastor, uh, his name is Pastor Poncho, and I follow him. Um, and, and interestingly enough, that one of the stories that he gives, and I love this story and it fits so well tonight, that he says that he was having some problems with his wife. Nothing, nothing big, but you know those, those little subtle things that go on in a marriage relationship. And so he, one day he was coming home from work and he decided he was going to stop at a Thrifty's ice cream and get an ice cream at the Thrifty's drugstore um, back when we were kids. And this is how long ago it was. He said that he could remember that the ice cream was either 10 or 15 cents a scoop. And so it was 
quite some time ago that he's telling this story about, well, he was sitting there and he was contemplating the things that were going on in him and his wife's relationship. And he was thinking about it. And while he was sitting there ordering his ice cream, he said up on the counter, there was a little booklet. And this little booklet, this little book that was on there, it said it had 12 words that will save your marriage. 12 words that will save your marriage. And it really spoke to him. So he, he looked at the book on the counter and he didn't actually thumb through the pages. He just picked up the booklet. He turned it over on the back and he looked and it said that it was 75 cents. He thought about it for a few minutes as he paid for his ice cream and he went over to the counter and he put that booklet on the counter and he went ahead and paid for it. He went out into his car and he was thinking about this booklet and he was thinking, I'm going to pay 75 cents. I don't think this booklet is really going to work, but I'm going to give it a shot. And so he opens up this booklet and as he opens it up, right, it's a, it's a two pages. He opens it up. He notices that all the whole pages is completely blank, but just in the center, it just has three words on the first two pages there. It says, I am sorry. He thumbs and he flips to the next two pages and it says, I was wrong. The next words it says, and he thumbs through the next one. It says, I, it was my fault or it's my fault. It said on there, the next words that it says. And then the last one was, it says, I love you. And then the very last page, it said it only had like six pages in it. As you opened up the last page, it says, when you have problems in your marriage and you have an argument, say these words and they will save your marriage. And as he looked at this book and he, he hadn't been in his car for more than two or three minutes, as he thumbed, thumbed through this booklet, he said, I, I just got ripped off because I don't know how many ice cream scoops I could have bought for the price that I paid for this, this little booklet. I could have got more ice cream scoops. So he, he, he kind of just put it off to the side, he put it in his car, drove home, didn't think too much about it. But he said it was two weeks later, two weeks later, he said he was at the house. And one of the things about him and his wife, he said one of the things that he said that he grew up and he always ate Spanish rice. And he said his wife grew up in a, in a home where she always, they always ate white rice. And he said just that alone causes conflict, causes a lot of conflict in the house. But just because of those things that were going on in their house, he said that if they came a day, two weeks after he had bought this booklet, that there came a time that his wife had gotten upset at him about something. And so he said that this was a time that he felt strongly in his heart that he was right. And so he was just like us men, we want to prove our point, right? And so he went on and he said in the first melee, he the first exchange of words back and forth to each other in the first melee, he said that they were having words and he, in, in his heart he was saying, oh, no, 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 you're not going to get it. You're not going to get me on this one. I'm right. I know I'm right. And I'm going to prove my point. And so he was in his heart. He was trying to prove his point. He said in the, he went, he, at the first melee went around, he said he went into the living room and he was just stewing. His wife was in the kitchen, she was stewing, and they were both like, and so he's contemplating, and this happens to us as men and women that are married. If you haven't been married, you don't know this. This happens as we're in these different rooms. We're thinking already about what we're going to say next, right? We're thinking, okay, I'm going to go in, and this is going to be a good point. I'm going to say this, I'm going to say that. And she's thinking the same thing, right? She's saying, I'm saying, and the enemy is in all of this. But one of the things that is so amazing that he said that as he was walking back to tell her something, the second round, the second round that he was going to go in there and he was going to tell her, the second round as we go in there, the things that he says, he says something comes to his mind and he said it is the Lord that comes to his mind. And as he comes to his wife and he has all these things he's going to tell her, he looks at her and he says, it was my fault. I'm sorry. And he said that his wife said, no, no, Pancho, it was my fault. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done it. I, I, and she came and she hugged him. And she said, I don't even, I, I don't think it's worth fighting over. But we see 
that in this story we see that this is the true love of God, that as we share love with others, that it, it, it diffuses the, the argument and it, it, it encourages us as we go through marriages and the things that we go through in our relationship, and this is not only in marriages, but we see that these things are the things that, that change us, that actually that in our lives that we can see that, that God is working if we will allow him to come and, and not allow our anger to come out and to tell us things about us. And it's just so powerful if we allow God to come into our, our lives and, and work in our hearts, that these are the things that will avoid a, of a relationship in our lives. But one of the things that I, that I want to tell you is I was, I was thinking about this, this story but one of the things that I wanted to say that, that many of you, I don't know about you guys, but my wife, she is a morning Bible reader. When she gets up in the morning, she likes to read the Bible. And, and, and some of your wives might be an evening Bible reader that she reads the Bible. The most important thing, if you guys read the Bible together, if you want to have a, a, a relationship, not only, um, not only a relationship that, that's, that's by God, that if you'll read the, the Word of God with your wife, it is such a powerful time. But one of the things I wanted to say that oftentimes in my life, there's times that I get up in the morning and my wife is reading her Bible. And, and one of the things, this I wanna share with you because it's powerful guys, that my wife is reading her Bible and I, this barely came to me and this is the reason why I'm sharing it with you, that my wife is reading her Bible and sometimes she'll say in the morning, she, she'll see me get up or she'll see me getting out of the shower and she'll say, oh, that's right, I have to make your lunch. And I tell her, no, 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 stay here. And this is what I'm telling you guys, whether your wife is a morning reader or a, a night reader, you gentlemen cannot afford for your wife not to read and to stay in the Word of God. We cannot afford it because when your wife spends time in the Word of God, we become the recipients of that gentleness, that kindness, of that love, that she has that relationship with God. And she spends that intimate time with Christ that we become the recipients of that love. And I have one example for you. This was a couple of weeks ago, and, and, and some of you guys were involved in this, that I had a, a thing that I do, that, that, that something that I do for God, and it actually ended up taking me two or three times longer than it normally does take me. And I was out of the house probably two or three hours longer than I anticipated being out of the house. But when I came home, my wife said, I'm upset at you because you were gone. I'm upset at you because you were gone and, and, you, and you didn't even call. You didn't even call and say you were going to be late. And so I was waiting for you to come and, and you never came. You never came and you never said anything. So I'm upset at you. And so I try to, of course, like us normal men, what do we try to do? We try to make excuses. Oh, no, I, I was doing this and it was important and, and there was no reason for me. And I, I, I should have called, but I couldn't call because of this reason or that reason. Just all excuses, right? This is exactly what happens. But this is what I want to share with you tonight. So this went on, and so I can tell that even though that me and my wife don't have arguments or we don't, we don't yell at each other or anything like that, I could tell, and, and us men know, when women say, when you ask them if something's wrong and they say nothing, something's wrong. Something's wrong, right? And so we know this as our wives, as we spend time with them, we know that something's wrong. So my wife said that nothing was wrong. We kind of, you know, made, made uh, everything fine. We went to bed that night, right? We went to bed, and I woke up in the morning, and I was still thinking about, like, this thing didn't go over with her well yesterday. And so the first thing is she gets up and she's already read her Bible and I was kind of downstairs doing some other things. And as she came down the stairs and she came before me, the first thing I said to her is like, you know what, I'm sorry for what happened yesterday. She looks at me with this puzzled look on her face and she said, that was yesterday. Today's a new day. And I said, this is the reason why I'm sharing with you gentlemen, we cannot afford to allow our wives not to read the Bible, to not share in that time and that intimacy, because we will be the beneficiaries of that gentleness, that kindness, that love. We will be the beneficiaries. 
And so this is what John's talking about tonight. And so we'll get into it here. And so verse 7, it says, Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. The word brother in here, I love this as we see the tenderness of John as he's been spending uh, all this time of his life with the Lord, spending time in the word of God. And we see that as, as we many Bible commentators say that maybe possibly John wrote this, um, this book after he wrote Revelation. But we just see here the tenderness of his heart that he writes brother in. Um, in the NIV, it says it actually calls them dear friends. Um, in the Passion Translation, it says they calls them beloved and we see that the love that they have. But this is the one that I love the most. Um, and in the Spanish, one of the Spaniels, the Reina Vidal, in 1960, the, the, the Spanish version, it's, it's called Armanos. And, and, and I just love this word because it had a little, a little caption in it. And it said, and, and I, I, did, I thought this was actually a slang word, but it actually is a, a word, Spanish word. And it said, carnal. And, and, and I really, it was interesting to me this word carnal because carnal is like a, a word that means that it's flesh, like, like we know carne asada, right? We know carne asada, right? That's, that's meat that we cook on the barbecue. But what, it, what he was referring to here is that we come from the same flesh. We're brothers in the flesh. And, and, and so he is referring to them as being brothers, part of the family. He is referring to them as being part of the family. And this is the reason why he refers to them, the love that we see. And he says that he has no new commandment, but an old commandment. And we see something here that it does not tell us here in this, what that, that, uh, that old commandment is. But we learn it. It, it comes from, if, you have, if you're in your Bible there, you probably can look at it. It's in 1 John 3.11. And we learn what that old commandment is. It says, for this is the message that you heard from the beginning that we should love there it is one another the love this is the old commandment that god has that we would love one another i know last week as we were together and we were sharing in the in the word of god that we went through a matthew 22 verses 34 through 40 and it is the the what the what god says when the lawyer asked him what is the, the greatest commandment? And we remember what he said. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. And this is what he told him. But we see that old commandment is very powerful because it is part of, he was actually quoting, um, we see he was actually quoting the Old Testament. And this comes from Deuteronomy um, 6, 5 in the Old Testament. It said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. We see that it comes from the Old the Old Testament, this love, it comes from the Old Testament. It comes, and this is what John is referring to, and it's also here in Leviticus 19:18. It says, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. We see that nothing is new in God's command to love others. There's nothing new. This has been since the Old Testament, this love that He has been conveying to us that we would love others as He has loved us. And we're gonna get a little bit more into that. But one of the things that we see in Romans 5:8. And I, and I shared this with you last week also as well. It says, but God demonstrated his own love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I know that many of us, we've heard this verse before. But as you think about that Christ demonstrated his love that while we were yet sinners. And so one of the things that I really uh, love about this verse is that I think about it. That, that God loved me while I was a sinner. He doesn't love me anymore now. He doesn't love me anymore. He's loved me the same 
but he's always wanted me to turn my heart to him, knowing that he has the best plan for my life because his plan is eternal. His plan is eternal, that he would take us into heaven, that we would spend time, that we would be, as, as Bob spoke about tonight, that we would be men that have a heart for the things of God, that we want to walk, that we want to be like him. This is the thing that, that he is conveying here. John is conveying in this love. But one of the things that we see in this love, that it is Christ's love is a sacrificial love. It is sacrificial that he surrendered it. He sacrificed himself. And we see that the first time, I love this as we talk about love tonight, the first time that love is mentioned in the Bible, it is in Genesis 22.2. And it is speaking of a sacrificial love. It is when Abraham went and the Lord asked him to sacrifice his son in whom you love. He asked him to sacrifice his son. A sacrificial love that was pointing to the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ coming. It's just amazing that we see these things. And so uh, we see here, and let's go to uh, verse uh, 8. And it says, again, a new commandment I write to you. Which thing is true in him and in you? Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. One of the things we see that Jesus is the example of this love. Um, as, as he's been uh, speaking to us, we see in John 13, 34, we see that a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. This isn't new to us that we love one another, but this is the part that becomes makes it new. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. That Christ has loved us. And this got me thinking about this week. If you come here to the packing house, if not, I will, I will give you a, a, I'll give you the short, narrow uh, about what the, the story is about. And we're very familiar with it. The woman, and we talked about it last week as well, the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. And Pastor Ed, as he was studying through uh, John 8, verses 1 through 12, he was speaking about the woman caught in the act of adultery. And it got me thinking about this, that we see that as she was speaking about it. And one of the things that I, I really love about it, that we see something in uh, what happened here at the church. Uh, Pastor Ed isn't usually one that likes to give us that visual, but he, you know, went outside of himself normally does. And he put it up on the screen that he had a little clip uh, of what was actually going on as this woman that was caught in the act of adultery. But one of the things that I, I love about this, the clip that they showed, and, and, and in my mind, it helps me see the things of God. And we know that the clip is from a movie, and we don't know if this is an actual uh, portrayal of what, the, what actually happened. But one of the things that I thought that was so beautiful is that we remember in the story that, remember that the accusers came, and they accused her, and they asked her to be stoned, that she would be stoned. And remember that they asked him, they asked Jesus, they were trying to trap him. And they said, you know, our law says that we, she should be stoned. What do you say? And, and they were looking for him to say something so they could trap Jesus. But remember that Jesus got down and he was riding on the ground. And I love that. And I've heard this before many times as Pastor Ed as well confirmed that, that they were, he, he believes in his heart. And this is one of the things we'll have to wait to get to heaven to actually see. But that he was actually writing the sins of the people that were there standing before him. He was out there. And can you imagine if you went and you saw your name, Mike Ramirez? July 3rd, 1985. And you would be like, oh, he, he, the Lord knows that what I did on that day. And he was writing on, in the dirt. And so the accusers were dropping their stones. They were dropping their stones as they were leaving. And remember in his tenderness that he called her something. He referred to her as woman in the English. But, but I wanted to share you, and, and Pastor Ed, he pointed it out. But it is the word gune that he called her. He called her gune in the original language. 
And I love this because he referred to it as gune. And one of the things that we see in that, that this is a tenderness towards a woman that he would share. But this same tenderness, this has really spoke to me this week, this, this gune that he called this woman that was caught in the act of adultery is the same word that he used to refer to his mother, Mary, as he referred to her there in John 2, 4. Two times as he referred to her as she was on, the, remember the, the time that she went to Cana and there was a, they changed the, 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 the water into wine, that he referred to her as woman, gune. He called her the very same word that he called this woman who was caught in the act of adultery. And we see something in that, that we see that God doesn't separate love that he has for other people. He doesn't love others more than he loves us because we're all, as Pastor Ed pointed out, we're all sinners. But he loves us. He loves us and he calls us into his family and he's adopted us and he's brought us into our fa in his family. One of the things that I, that I see in this as well is we see that it says that in this verse here, it says, I write to you which thing is true in him and in you. We see this thing that he's talking about, it is that love, that it is true in God, that as we spend time with God, that this would be true in us, that the world would see God's love. And this is the, the, the way that, that, that the world is supposed to view us. I know many of us, we think that, that people know that we're Christians by maybe by the, the bumper sticker that we have on the back of our car. Or maybe it's by my, uh, my window on the back of my window that it says the packing house on the back of my window. Or it's maybe it's the, the, that my children go to a Christian school that people would know that I'm a Christian. Know that we are to go into the world and people are supposed to know that we are followers of Christ by our love that we have. And it doesn't matter if they are, and I know many of us, we think, well, yeah, it's easy to have love for people who love us, right? And we're, we're going to get into this and we're going to speak to that, but we are to have a love for others as Christ did. And one of the things that I think is so tender that we see as we speak about this woman that was caught in the act of adultery there in John 8, I think the thing that's so powerful that we see that in his love for this woman, he never pointed out, he never pointed out, you know what? You're a sinner. After all the people left, you know what, you're a sinner. You, you transgressed against the law. And, and he was the one that was that could have stoned her and throw some because he was the one with, without sin. But he never mentioned any of that. Remember what he said? He said, does no one condemn you? And she said, no one, Lord. And he said, I condemn you either. I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. The tenderness, the loving. And this is Christ because I think many of us, as we know people in our lives and people, brothers and sisters, have been walking with Christ, we think that it is our, uh, it is our job to tell them that they're living in sin. Hey, the way you're living is not right. Hey, what you're doing is not right. The way you're acting, that is not our job. Our job is to share the love of Christ with them and allow that to work, the true love of God work into their hearts and their conscience and they will become convicted by the things because the Holy Spirit will work and it'll put those things on their heart. And this is how many of us, we came to know Christ by that conviction of the Holy Spirit that came into our heart and that we could see the way we were living were not right. It was by his love and the Bible speaks about it. It is by the love of God that men come to see God. It's by the love. It is not by trying to beat someone over the head with a hammer or with a Bible. It is by his love. Here in verse nine, it says, he who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. And then we see that, that we see that if we hate 
that we cannot have light in us. We have darkness in us if we hate others. We are called to love others. And this is what God has called us to love others. And not only love others, but we are to call to love others, the people that aren't necessarily, that aren't so easy to love. And J. Vernon McGee, um, and many of, of you, I know you guys hear him on the radio, and he's a, as a great man of God. And he tells a story that's so powerful that I thought that I'd share it with you tonight. That one of the things that he speaks about, that he speaks about that he was in seminary, and this was early on in his life, in his Christian walk, and he was going to seminary, and he shared a room with a, with a guy that, was, that they put them together, and they bunked together. And he said, this guy was a great guy, and he said he was really, really quiet during the day. He didn't make a lot of noise, and so he said this was great, because this is the time that he's studying, he's reading all his commentaries, reading all his books, reading the, uh, the seminary school, all the studying he has to do. And so he's trying to get caught up on his seminary. And he said, but one of the things early on that he, he understood about this man is, Come 11 o'clock, he said it was like clockwork. Come 11 o'clock at night, this man all of a sudden became this singer. And he would go in the house and he would be singing and singing and singing and said, this was the time that J. Vernon McGee was said he was so tired that he wanted to go to sleep, but he couldn't sleep because this man just kept singing and singing and singing throughout the house. And he said it just drove him crazy. He drove him crazy. So one day, he said after this man had been doing this uh, many times, he said he he actually spoke to him about it, and he, he, I love what he told him. He told him this. He told him, he said, um, he said, he said, excuse me. He said, brother, he said, you are the greatest proof to me that I am a child of God. You are the greatest proof to me. This is what he tells the man that he's, as he's singing. And, and, he, and the man says to him, it says, what, what, what do you mean by that? And he said, you are the most nauseating, sickening Christian I have ever met in my life. <laughs> and David McGee tells him, he says, but you know something, brother? I love you. I love you. And he, even though that this, this brother had annoyed him to a point where he could not get sleep, he didn't allow in his heart to let it turn to hate. He knew that, that this gentleman, as the way his lifestyle was, that he was annoying him, but he didn't allow hate to come in his life. And he said it was proof to him that he was a child of God, that he did not have a hate for this man, that he had still had love for this man. And I think it's powerful that we see that as J. Murder McGee speaks about these things. But this was what, um, this comes from Matthew um, 5, uh, 43 through 46. And I wanted to share about this love. And, and, and this was what I was speaking about, that people that oftentimes, it's easy for us to love people who love us and our family. People that, that, not only that though, people that agree with us. And not only that though, I think sometimes many of us here, we think that many times that people, and, and it could be, I know I'm, I'm going to hit a, a deep, deep rut here, but even people that don't agree with us politically, and I know that many of us can go politically, we could say, hey, well, some of these political things go against the word of God, you're right, but we're not going to reach them if we don't pour love on them. And this is where this comes from Matthew 5, 43 through 46, and it says, you heard it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. This is what Jesus is saying, but this is what this is the way of the world, right? This is what the the world says that we have heard it said that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's the world, but this is where Jesus turns everything on them, and he says here in verse forty four, he says, "But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes." The sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And we see this, that this amazing love that we are to have it for people who don't love us, who don't love us, who don't necessarily care for us, that we are to have love for them. And, and I know many of you here tonight, 
we spoke about this before that many times you say well you don't understand what my sister did to me you don't understand what my brother-in-law has done you don't understand what a friend did we were so close but he did this one thing and it just it just that that ruined everything but what we don't fail to understand is that christ as we ask god as we ask christ to forgive us of our sins that he renews that relationship with us and he brings us in and regardless of what it is he brings us into that relationship again and he renews us because he loves us and he wants to forgive us and he wants to forgive us and so we cannot withhold forgiveness from anyone even doesn't matter what they've done and i know many of you said well you know people that come and tell me like you don't you don't know how many thousands of dollars this person has put me upside down in or how many thousands of dollars that i that i could have had because i did it's all water under the bridge it's god it's god it's like before the eyes of god it should be forgiven it's difficult but we're going to see in an area that, that many times that God is to uh, tell us in our hearts is to show us how. We'll get to the, the last verse and we'll see how God is to move our hearts to tell us how to forgive these things. And so here in verse 10 it says, He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. We see, I love this word, it says that he abides in the light. And, and we see, we know exactly who the light is. Because Jesus Christ said himself that I am the light of the world. That it's when we abide in that light, when we abide in the light, is we, have no, we will not stumble because we are in the light. We will not stumble. We will be in that light with Christ. And it's just that we would see that abiding in him. And, and, I, and I know many of you have heard this, but tonight I think it's, it's something fresh. And this comes from John 15, uh, verses 1 through 5. And it says, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You're already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it, it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Many of us are familiar with this scripture, but as we think about the fruit, he speaks about the fruit here of the, many of us, that the fruit of the vine, that he prunes back the fruit, that we would have more fruit. But what is that fruit? And, and I love this. And this fruit that he is speaking about, it comes from Galatians 5, 22 and 23, this fruit. That we are to grow and we see it it is the fruit of the spirit and we see in the very fruit of the spirit all of us know the very first fruit of the spirit is love love, love. it is so amazing that we see that it is love joy peace long-suffering kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control when we abide in the lord it is love this is the fruit as we abide in him what's what should come out of us is love even though that they don't agree with us, even though they are our enemies, we are to love them. Love them. This is what God has called us to love them, even though they don't love us. Here in verse 11, it says, But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. We see John once again, and one of the things that John, I, I, like I, I spoke about this in the opener, that John uses this instead of a, a going from a subject to another subject, he wants to make sure that we get the subject because he starts to become almost like a broken record. 
many times in, as we read his word, we can see like, hey, didn't he cover this already? But he wants to make it known that we, we know that if, if he who hates his brother is in darkness, he wants us to, to get that point. And so we see that here very clearly he makes that point and he tells us that if we walk in darkness, but he wants to tell us that we are to not walk in darkness. But one of the things that some of the things that we covered tonight that as we spoke about, many of us have already known these things from since we were children that we know that we are to love others, right? Isn't that what they, they tell us? Matthew 7, 12 says, do unto others as you expect them to do unto you. Don't we know this? And, and not only that, though, we not only do we know this, this is what we teach our children. We teach our children, hey, this is the way you're supposed to act and this is the way you're supposed to do. But something happens, we grow up and we become adults. And what happens to that rule? That rule becomes, instead of doing unto others, we find ourselves doing unto ourselves. And then we forget about others. And this is the thing that we need to continually to stay in doing for others and not for ourselves. But remember that it says here in Luke 20, 11, 28, it says, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. We are to keep the word of God as we know that we are to do unto others as as, as we expect them to do unto us, that we are to, in that word of God, that we, that blessed are those who do it, who keep that word and do it. And I know many of you are probably asking, you're just like, we know that we are to love others, but how can we do it? How can we do it? How can we love others? And especially times, but it comes here from Romans 5, 5. And it says, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given it to us. You see, he poured, the Holy Spirit has come and he has poured out. When we accepted the gift of grace and we have accepted the gift that God has given us, that he has poured love into our hearts already, that he has poured it into our hearts. So come out of us should be love. If we find ourselves walking in life and we having hatred for people, as any person, we, should, we, we need to actually take inventory of our hearts. And see that the things of God, if God has come and the Holy Spirit has come and poured love into my heart, that what should come out of us is, is love. Regardless of that person and regardless of what they've done, what side of the, of the fence they stand on politically. And even, even if they even come to the point that they own a Ford, you can still <laughs> love them. You can still love them regardless. You can still love them. I want to make sure you guys are still with me here. But as we, we talk about the, the hot rod Bible study, we see that as we speak about that he talks about the old command, the new command, the old command, the new command. And some people think that this is maybe possibly a contradiction here. There's no contradiction. It is he is speaking about this commandment that came from old. But many of us, if I told you here tonight that, that I bought a new car, right? If I told you tonight I bought a new car, in your minds, you, you would be thinking a new car smell. You would be thinking, hey, new keys. A, a new a new clicker you'd be thinking hey new car mats you guys are thinking hey a car with zero miles on it but there is many of us here as a hot rod bible study that if somebody came to you and they had bought a 69 z28 camaro green with rally stripes on it and i said as your neighbor said to you hey is that a new car you'd say it's new to me right and this is what as this commandment here, it is new to them that they hear the word of God is new to us as we hear this love that it is. We see that it is an old command, but it is a command that we've had from the beginning. 
to love others. And this is what he is speaking about here. And, and many of you know this verse, and this comes from 1 Corinthians uh, 13, 1 through 3, and I'll, and I'll close here after this. And it says, 13, 1 through 3, and it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. We are called, gentlemen, to be ambassadors for Christ, that we would go and that people would come to know Christ by our love, that we would be that example in the world, and that we are not the ones that are going to go out and tell people that the way that they're living their life is not right. This is God's job. We are to plant the love of Christ into others and allow the Lord and the Holy Spirit to do the rest. We are. This is what we're to do. And as we go out, we be that example for Christ because we know that it says 1 John 4, 8, for God is love. This is the character of God. This is who God is. And so we cannot be Christians, men of God, and not exhume out of us love. Love, regardless if, they're, if they don't like us, regardless if there are people that don't care for us, we are to love them. We are to love others. It's so powerful that we see that. And so tonight, I'll, I'll close tonight with a story. And this story comes from a, a woman who, and I know I started the, I started the study with a, a story about a marriage, and I'm going to end it with a story about a marriage. A little different here. But this woman came, and she had a friend that she was speaking to, and she was upset. She was filled with anger and filled with hatred toward her husband. And she told her friend, she said, I don't just want to get rid of him, uh, meaning divorcing him. I want to get even. It says, uh, before I divorce him, I want to hurt him as much as he's hurt me. This is what she's telling her friend. Her friend says, I, I have a plan. I have a plan. I have a plan. And so her friend says, he says, uh, this plan, she says, it says, go home and says, and act as you really do love your husband. Go home tonight and act like you really do love your husband. It said, tell him how much he means to you. It says, praise him. Go out of your way to be kind to him. Consider it. Be generous. It says, spare no effort to place him in places and make him feel important, to make him feel that he's the one for you, that you are deeply in love with him. Make him feel like this. And after all of these things, after you've done this and you, you do this with your, with your husband, it says, then drop the bomb on him. His, her, his friends, her friend says to her, drop the bomb on him. Go in after that and tell him that you're divorcing him. That'll put, inflict pain on him. This will put pain on him. And so the, the, the story says that this woman says she thinks about it for a second, but with revenge in her eyes, she said, this is, this is what I'm going to do. This is the plan for me. And so she, her plan that she is, wants to is she's going to call out this plan. And so this is exactly what she does. She goes home and she starts to make dinner with her husband. And she starts to tell her husband, can I take off your shoes? 
as he comes home from work and 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 her husband kind of first on early on he was like wow this is a complete 180 this is this i don't know what's going on here but she he takes the niceness of his wife and she starts to cook for him she starts to bring him in and she says hey i, I warmed the bath water for you already you need to come and she starts to pour all these things into her husband and her plan of revenge in her heart is to turn on her husband and tell her that she's going to divorce him and so her friend had originally told her how long do you think that you could be nice to your husband and she said maybe a month maybe a month and then so I, I plan to probably divorce him in a month and so the friend waited a month and she didn't hear from her friend and so she went getting close to the two-month mark and she's waiting for her friend to call and her friend still hasn't called after two months and so this woman is still being extremely nice to her husband. They're going to places. They're doing all these things. So finally, the day comes that it's three months since she's heard from her friend. And so she decides, takes it upon herself. I'm going to call her. And I'm going to ask her if she's ready to divorce her husband. So she gets her number. She calls her. And she answers and says, hello. And she says, hey, it's me, Denise. Remember? We had that conversation. Are you ready to dump your husband? Are you ready to divorce him? Are you ready to tell him? She said, divorce him. She says, I love him. She said that I love him more than I've ever loved him. She said, I love him. And one of the things that we see in this, that we see that her actions changed her feelings. And this is exactly what God has called us as we think about others, that our actions, as we go into the world and we pour the love of Christ into others, loving on them, that it would change our feelings towards them. And this is what God has called each and every one of us to change our feelings towards people who don't necessarily care for us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father God, we, we thank you, Lord, for your love, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you first loved us. Lord, as we, as we open your word, Father, we, we're so thankful, Father, that you, uh, you speak into our lives. May we um, not only be hearers of your word, Father, but may we be doers. Give us a heart, Lord, to go out into the world, Lord, and share your love with each and every person that we come in contact with, Lord. Help us to love them as you love us. We pray all of these things today, and we pray them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.